What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Thursday. Like we said we would, Noah's out of town this weekend, needed to knock this out now. Recapping another true road dub that happened last night against the Valpo Beacons. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it's pretty simple to say that this was not a great win. You know, for the first half of it, it was like, okay, this is exactly what we need to show, you know, what we need to do. And clearly a big part of this game is something with our best player that just happened in it to where it's okay. We had to adjust on the fly and everything. And we've talked about Valpo. We like their young players, blah, blah, blah. They had no home court advantage and they stormed back in the second half when we had a huge halftime lead and made it a little bit uncomfortable and we're kind of unsettled about it. What's going on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the end, uh, you got a road win in the Valley. And I said on, I said on the pre preview that I always feel like, it's ugly games up there and just weird things happen and leads up to really, I thought was a bad call for X to get his fourth foul there early in the, early in the second. So second half, um, then we got to see what this team looked at, but yeah, I mean, just felt and once he picked up that fourth foul, I felt like, Oh boy, here we go. This could, they could call back in this one and make it real close. And they cut it to round, um, I think maybe eight, was a fewest, but yeah, I mean, in the in the end, you got the another road win in the valley, and you get and when you get those, you always take it, no matter way, no matter way the way it ends up being. Yeah, and the fact that just again, we could preach however much about how bad Valpo is, and it's understood with how young they are, but you know their ratings are awful, and it's like they might not go 0-20. They might beat somebody. I don't think they're going to beat a top-half team. I mean, not saying they ever truly got close in this game. They cut it to nine, which was the lowest it got to in the second half. And they're only, you know, I don't know their their disparity, what their stats different is, their splits of home and road. They're not going to get a, you know, a huge road win against somebody good. Like, it would have to take the teams we know about, the Evansville, the UICs, but those teams are better than them by a, by a mile. So, it's just a team that we probably expect to go 0-20. Uh, uh, like I said, maybe not. But, um, you know, you just need to show dominance for four. And you're not going to go to a true road game and show just absolute perfection for 40 minutes. But we needed to show at least a 36-minute, you know, pretty good outing. And, again, yeah, as you said, X getting in foul trouble, he, you know, he had – well, just in, well, we had a 20-point lead at half. We got it up to 23 at the start of the second half. AJ hit a three and a half, but, uh, you know, we allowed Stafford have 10 at half. It was really all, and we, we just exploded. We went on a huge run. I want to say I, I ended up saying like a 14 to two run that just, that just extended it to that 20 at half X had 12, uh, in those, you know, 18 minutes, he did have those fouls. And then Scotty 11, four for four from the field, three of five from the free throw line, making his free throws. Brian said after the game, he's been doing it. But, no, he did it in four minutes, 11 points. I mean, that's just incredible. <laughs> again, the the efficiency and, again, shooting 70-something percent from the field and on the season, you know, and preached after the game however much still. It's like, well, he's, you know, he's a big part of this team. It's like, well, no, duh. And he can play and he can do it against anybody. And Cooper Schweiger and um, uh, Step and Jerome Palm, who actually had a nice game, nice second half. They were their bigs in here, but they just couldn't guard Scotty. But that's how it was at the first half. We had guys over – we had three guys over 20 minutes, Troy X and Trent. 
And like I said, Scotty only doing his thing with only uh, four minutes, 11 points. Um, but no, like I said, they stormed back after we got it to 23. And it, X got his foul, what did it say, at the 1647 mark or so. And then Trey came in, knowing Trey played well. Let's start there with Trey Miller. We've been preaching how he needs to play more. X needs more breathers. It takes like the perfect times throughout these games to do it. Like, oh, a nice lead, let's take X out. But we've been seeing a lot more often. I know Trey had one of his best games once again. It's no doubt he needs to have, you know, have more PT. Your thoughts on Trey Miller's overall game? Yeah, I thought, I mean, he kept us above water for the most part. I mean, he's got a, I thought he could have finished better around the rim. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, needs to pick up some minutes and get X some rest or get Trent. If we want to go um, Trey next to X and take the ball out of X's hands a little bit more and get him off ball and maybe more catch and shoot. Cause he's the shots he's knocking down would be great to have, but I mean, yeah, he played one of his better games. It's the most minutes um, he's had all year, I would think. So he helped us keep our head, above water in this game to be able to help us get get to where X could come back in. We could close this game out. I mean, um, two of five did have four points, had had three fouls, two assists, one rebound. I thought he could have played a little bit better, but, man, I never uh, – him coming in this game with X going out, I mean, a lot – it wasn't pretty basketball when X was out, but this – what we saw when X was out – was not only some Saluki fans, but a lot of Valley people thought the way that looked was going to be what this team looked all year long, and, and that's what, including with X. So we 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 got to get through those tough times, and because I mean there there could be we not we never know there could be a game late in the year X has to miss because injury, and we got to see what we're made of. But like we got through those minutes, and. You get to see a stat line of where X gets only 27 minutes, but he gets 22 points, seven assists, three rebounds, 10 of 10 from the line. I mean, this guy's just, he gets another Kim Palm MVP. He leads the country in that now. I think he's seventh in Kim Palm rating in the country. So he just continues to play really good basketball for us. But yeah, Trey stepped up and those other guys helped um, close this game out with X on the bench. The fact that X can still get Kempom MVPs and barely play just shows. I mean, when Trey was great because I say great, I agree because we were texting. It's like if he's because he had one layup where it cleared out for him and he got it, and you know he got a couple other opportunities uh, to score, and he's got it in him as we know, and we forget. We don't forget. We just always have to acknowledge that, you know. Clearly, over his time here, it's almost like he he's a, you know surely going to improve because he is only a sophomore. He's got traits and he's adjusting to this level. He has all year and he's done it in sporadic playing time. And he played well enough for a game where he did not expect to play these thirteen minutes due to X being out. And you know, and they've been preaching to him for so long as we've talked about post game stuff. And they could have easily said, you know, Troy, hey, go be point guard and. Maybe we're not going to use Trey as much, but at least they're getting the most out of these new guys, especially a guy that's young that needs this kind of run. That's the whole thing. We haven't seen Sheridan in a month almost, it seems like. It's like, well, you want to – you're using him in garbage time, but you, you'll you look back long-term when he's a sophomore next year and the rest of his career where it's like, 
okay, well, his four games, you know, probably did him good in his career. It's like, well, no, they need more than that. But that's how they view it. So if Trey gets more run in these games, it'll just do him even better long term. But he he handles the ball well. He had turnover problems at the start of the year. He hasn't had much of that now. He's got good passes. He found Scotty in a semi-transition look, and he had a dunk over the top. Uh, you know, he's he's just kind of he's just he's again. We thought he'd come in here and be like a surefire scorer, uh, but he play, he's got great athleticism. But it's almost like he plays really low to the ground and. He is pretty much just a ball handler for this. But as long as he doesn't uh, turn it over and as long as he has other people on there with him that can score, if he's not going to always look for it, that's key too. I, I just remember texting you and saying, like, this is a weird lineup. I want to say because uh, Jarrett wasn't out there. He twisted his ankle in this game. As we know, he didn't play much, much of the second half. Uh, Troy rolled his ankle at one point. So both those guys dealing with ankle injuries. They were both out. AJ was out. And Scotty was out. So it was like Clarence, Yovan, Trent, uh, Trey, and Kennard. And it's like, where's this offense going to come from here? It's like you're having most of your offensive guys on the bench, and Trey was working with that. It's like it wasn't pretty at times as the team when that lineup was in there, but Trey did keep us above water, like you said, until X came back in about the, let's see, about the 546 mark when we were up nine, he came in. And, of course, he we were around the bonus and in the bonus and – he got fouled a lot on drives and was able to make all of his free throws that kind of extended the lead to where then it then was. But, you know, we had defensive breakdowns in the game, you know, whenever X would even make those free throws near the end, they would just come down and immediately score. Like it was just one of those sloppy, sloppy games. I mean, no, what else still got to you in this game besides the two point guards who did something? I mean, even when, when Trey would get his assist, he found Trent on a couple, um, both of Trent's threes were via Trey kind of in transition. Trent made his second, I believe, on a uh, on a heat check. Uh, but no, not a whole lot else happened. Like I said, Jared didn't even score because he rolled his ankle and he had some ass shot attempts, but he did rebound well. Jovan, again, scoreless. Uh, AJ had 11. I remember saying I, I thought he was going to get to 15, but he had a nice game. Uh, who else stuck out to you? There were some other guys that clearly played well. Uh, most of the main ones, like I said, some didn't score. And then you got Scotty, who only scored three in the second half, but just pure domination once again. Yeah, just seeing AJ back in the starting lineup. I mean, he's yeah. Being, we didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's just trying to be a little too aggressive, playing a little too fast. But like, if he can just get his groove back, I mean, eleven points, four rebounds, and making playing defense the way he does. But I thought Kennard. I mean, Kennard got more minutes off the bench than he did than he has been starting. I mean, sixteen minutes, five points. Uh, two. He did miss two free throws. That's Usually he's a decent free throw shooter, so that was kind of weird scene. I mean, talk about Scotty and talk talk about free throw Scotty. Four of seven, he's been really working on him. Uh, I mean, if he can knock down at that kind of clip, he's just he won't be getting hacked as much um, down in sometime these different minutes down in games. But yeah, having twenty three bench ports, if we can get over twenty every night from our bench, I mean that's just going to help. X and those starters. I mean, talking about another starters, we've been pretty hard on for a while now. I thought this is Troy's best conference game so far. Nine points, taking shots that he's in rhythm, finding his spots, um, and not he didn't get in foul trouble. Did roll his ankle. He was hurting pretty pretty good too. So um, that's something to keep an eye on with him and Jarrett. So our two fours um, really with ankle injuries can't afford to 
miss any time with those two because uh, uh, I don't know. I guess you would go – if those two were to miss time, I guess you would go Kennard back in the lineup and play two small forwards, and that would be Yovan off the bench. But it would be – our depth would just shrink immediately. But, yeah, you just got to see – I mean, what Scotty's doing, we keep talking about him, is just unreal looking at the box score. But on the other side – um, looking at Valpo's box score, Stafford and Diavaro, those are two really good guards that uh, take a bulk of their shot. They took a combined 29 of their 49 shots. Um, just second half, just we let them get – they've hit some they hit some tough shots, but I think we just let them get in too much of a good rhythm, especially with X on the bench. I mean, they shot 63% in the second half. So um, it was an ugly game, but we got the job done, especially, I mean – it was I starting to get a little nervous there when they were trying to chip away as much as they were with X on the bench. Yeah, I mean, us shooting sixty one percent in the first half and then shooting sixty three. I mean, it's just a the parallels is crazy. I mean, they were they looked like the team that we envisioned in the first, and then we looked like the team that had our head cut off and didn't have our best player out there. And again, there's no doubt if X was out there, a lot of things would have been more smooth, and we would have kept at least a consistent fifteen point lead. I mean. I just think about like sometimes they when they were guarding. I mean, X couldn't at some points shot the Valpo in their defense. Schweiger, uh, X tried to you know he gets the switch and tries to do something on the big and tried one of his patented step backs and Schweiger had the block on him uh, and stuff. So you know he played well and a lot of guys you said Stafford and Diavaro. I mean, um, Diavaro definitely had an offensive outbreak. I mean he what was it? He averaged probably like seven points a game around that. So this was one of those. Times against Remo and X's defense made it to where he wouldn't have done anything like that, but he had six turn- turnovers. Uh, but he's their he's their main guy. He had those five assists, and then Isaiah Stafford's every bit of what we envision. I mean, as you said, the nineteen. I mean, Valpo was a good free throw shooting team too. Fourteen of nineteen. Um, there was a lot of different things people were talking about with them. How you know they were good in steals. They were good with just a lot of different things. I remember hearing about stuff we kept them below their norm and what they're used to and the, actually the the positives that they are able to impact the game and turn teams over or do something. But uh, those two were really good. Their freshmen were a fine in this game. But again, Cooper Schweiger is every bit of all freshmen. He had nine and seven. He's just solid. Uh, not a whole lot of players on their team had a positive plus minus. Uh, but you said they were at the ankles. I mean, I think if we're trying to find a way – if we would ever try to pull uh, – Troy is pretty tough. Troy would never – I mean, he continued to play even after he kind of hurt himself. Jared, again, didn't play. If we didn't have both of them, especially in this run coming up, I don't know if we'll win, to be honest. We need both those guys, and that that's not even too crazy to say. It's it, You would love to still fight and find a way to win because you just point towards any other team who they didn't have their – you know, third and fourth best player that can maybe still find a way, but I'm not sure with this team at that position – that we could do it, but I don't envision – we don't know anything about that. We, we we probably expect both of them to play, especially Troy. We'll keep an eye out for Jarrett. Uh, but these games coming up are so massive that they they almost have to. But, yeah, it was just overall an ugly game. But, yeah, Kennard hit that three and a lot of different things. And uh, overall it was it – was, it was a game we were definitely uncomfy with. But – they get the job done on the road nonetheless, and we got through these games, continue our six-game winning streak in preparation for, again, these three huge games coming up. Uh, so four and one in conference, 12 and four overall on the season. Uh, Noah, let's talk about 
uh, we'll get to some more stats at some point here. We'll talk about the other games that happened last night. Uh, some notable ones. One that we thought was the game of the the game of the night, and for most of the part, I guess three fourths of the game it was until the home team pulled away. But what other games stuck out? There's definitely one that's definitely one that lost at home by a huge margin. That's got somebody very much on the hot seat. Yeah, there's a lot of action last night, starting with Illinois State traveling down to Nashville, take on Belmont. Illinois State without Darius Burford, who rolled his ankle against us, and uh, Brandon Lieb, who I think I read today, um, one of their fan accounts said he broke broke a bone in his leg against us, so um, he's probably out for the year. So, uh they got the red shirt off their freshman Chase Walker. He played in this game, had four points, two rebounds, and six minutes of play. So they had a really good loaded class uh, last year, and they're playing young. But Kendall Lewis led the way with 13 in the starting lineup. Uh, Jordan Davis, 18 off the bench. I mean, if he did that, if he would have played more against us, he might have had something like that. But Cade Tyson, Malik Dia. Just too much for him. Dia had 17 and 6, Tyson 16. So another win at home for Belmont. That's going to be a tough place to beat them at. So I don't, not sure if they'll lose a game at home this year. Uh, Evansville went on the road at Bradley, still without Hummer Kaus. 86-50 win for the Braves. They're just starting to get in a groove and with Hickman back the way he's playing. Um, their freshman Atlasin got. And the starting lineup had 11 points, so he's coming along. Had 13 apiece for Birch and Davis off the bench. So, um, for on the other side, Chuck Bailey had 18 off the bench for Evansville. So, another freshman that we continue to watch all these freshmen just get better and better throughout the year. Indiana State at Drake was the big one. Drake pulls away late, 89-78. Tucker had 29 points in this one, um, six six rebounds. 29 of 22 shots. Um, he's going to shoot a lot. Overton had 16. Wright had 17. Avila 17 and 7. Conwell 17 and 5. A lot of those guys. They held Larry for 0 for 4 shooting. He did have 10 of 10 from the line. He got to the line. That's how he got his points. Swope was 2 of 8 from the field, so they got after him. It was 43-43 at halftime, so that was a really good game. UIC... Played tough on the road at the McLeod Center and UNI, 67-59 win for the Panthers. Freshman Kyle Pock, another good freshman that's starting to play a little bit for the Panthers. 13 off the bench to lead the way for them. Then the big one of the night, 77-53 road win for the Murray State Racers, a team that's coming out of nowhere and just playing really good basketball. 18 for Quincy Anderson, 19 for Jacoby Wood. Then the Bears are just um, – Dana Ford's in trouble. Their AD even made a a post last night um, just saying that wasn't how they play, blah, blah, blah. And just it's – they don't have any fans, so you can't see them get mad on Twitter. So they don't, they don't have any fans that show up. So I don't know who he's apologizing to because there's not a lot of people watching it. No, and because I remember when we were talking about Valpo, <clears throat> excuse me, I posted – I just sent you like this crowd is bad, and then you immediately said to me, "You should see Missouri State's," and that was before they knew they were going to get blown out. They're just they're reeling right now. They're one and four. You can't lose like that at home. Again, we've we've been on record on here saying we like Dana. We thought that you know, sure he leaves a lot to be desired on the court. He can recruit his 
you know, his tail off. There's no doubt about it. And you can appreciate guys who can do that, but they have to make it up on the court. I mean, Dana, just he made the NIT years ago. I mean, he has had those moments. He clearly should do more than what he has, especially this year. Especially if, if you're getting really good games from Cesar Edwards, you know, guys that have not been great but have came along, you know, that you need to find ways to win. You need to have play complimentary basketball. Donovan Clay shot off on this game. Austin Mason – Finally had a nice one, but, you know, uh, Matthew Lee, you know, some of these guys are just not playing well. Tyler Bay, 2 of 11 off the bench. It's just it, – I don't think it's just fitting as much. I mean, NJ only played nine minutes. He didn't even have foul trouble. Uh, Cesar Edwards is just stealing his PT. And then Dawson Carper finally played in this game. I mean, they're just not playing well. And it's crazy because, again, they have probably the best non-conference win of all the Valley teams. It's at, on the road against St. Mary's. So – you just can't be this up and down to where it leads you to this point. You can't lose by 24 at home against a team they're kind of even with, or I, we would have always said they're better than Murray, but Murray's on a roll right now. And they're, they're seven, they're still seven and nine on the season, but they've just exploded here in conference. And that at, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You want to play good non-com, but if you don't, you can make up for it and put yourself in good seating position in the Valley. So that was a tough one. Um, yeah, Tucker shot like four of 12 inside the three-point line in that other game. So he was just a really good three-point shooter. Uh, the Sycamores will indeed not go 20-0, and 0, but it's looking good for them to at least get 18, 19 wins, if we're being honest. So their trajectory is still good. Uh, and then you're right, Illinois State, you said they they took the redshirt off the freshman. It's like, yeah, leaves hurt because they don't have any other big men. So that's interesting. We'll see them down the road and see what he's got to offer. Um, quickly – uh, there was a we didn't talk about on the last one, and it was another former Saluki update. No, we know JD Mula signed with Flex Basketball Management early in the offseason, and he's been playing well. We've been retweeting things here or there, but he had a he had almost like a player efficiency rating of 33 in this recent game where he had 21 points, 21 rebounds, and five assists. I mean, again, it seems like every time somebody and Grant, if you go overseas and you I don't know if you get some sort of different treatment. You just get some more opportunity that you just break out. We've said it before. It's the Dean leaks, whether you like physically you look different when you leave or the productions there and what you play. JD is next in line with that and just keeps dominating. So we did talk about the last one. Definitely wanted to uh, Lance and Purdue lost to Nebraska recently on the road, got smoked actually near the end of the game. A lot of top teams have gone down recently. Uh, so, no, I wanted to touch on those. Go ahead and dive into – if you have updated Kim Palm and Net for us and, I guess, other Valley teams. And then we also haven't talked about this yet. Just We can, we can breeze through a guy for a couple of years from now, but we had an offer at the earlier of this new year that we haven't talked about yet. We can just quickly dive into that before we move on to some other things and especially our preview of the Bulldogs at the end. Yeah, updated Net rankings. Uh, Indiana State. Uh, at 35, they dropped four spots with their loss of Drake. Drake up to 77, up nine um, with their win. Bradley up 16 spots to surpass us that to 80 um, with their win over Evansville. Uh, then SIU 81 were up two. UNI 116, Belmont 121, UIC 146, Murray State 153, Missouri State 157, they dropped 22 spots with a blowout loss. Evansville down to 172, 28 point or 28 spot drop for them. Illinois State up to up to 217, they rose six um, 
with their close loss at Belmont, then Valpo 306. They're up four spots, so I guess them kind of hanging in with us. Um, they rose some rose some spots um, up. Then Ken Palm wise, um, looking where we're at. Obviously, we know we were in the one one hundred range. We're up in ninety six right now, so uh, continue to rise. If we can get into the eighties. Obviously, we got a big game this weekend that we'll look ahead to here shortly that we can even rise even more because Drake is at 75, Bradley at 90. So still got teams. If we can continue to get four teams, and I think Northern Iowa is the next team at 111. If we can get four or five teams in the top 100, that would be amazing. For the Valley, yeah, then you mentioned an offer. It's for 2025. His name's Xavier Wilson. Um, with an E in front of that, 6-1 guard uh, goes to Father Augustine Tolton out there in Columbia, Missouri. Offers from SEMO, Austin P, SLU, Missouri State, and Bryant right now. But that's a 2025 offer, like you said. It's down the road. So just, hey, we're continuing to rise in Kim Palm, and uh, we'll see what happens here. Yeah, again, we want to stay in the top 100, but if we stay in the top 80 and that the rest of the way, clearly at this stretch, if you can go two and one, or if you somehow, I'm not going to say miraculously, because anything's possible when you have two of those home games, but just the teams you're playing, it'd be really, really hard. Just imagine where we could be if we play really well during these next three and we'll be even higher than we are right now. And we, we like where we stand right now, but you're right. Even if we dropped or some teams finally are ahead of us, that's why we, you know, even if we would have kept beating Valpo by 20, 25, we would have probably stayed similar or rose a little bit. And that just shows you you can't slip up in any way, even if you still win by at least 10. You can't slip up against teams that are in the 300s. Uh, and then you mentioned, yeah, 24. We'll keep an eye on him because he's got decent offers. And, of course, you know, we mentioned the struggles of Dana Ford. He can get players and just he's got his eyes on some. It's like you need to – you just need to – um you know, even the slews of the world, teams you beat. It's like over time, if they, if you stick with this and knowing what kind of offers he can get down and down the road, that, uh, I mean, Missouri State offered him March of last year. So it's been a long time. So we'll see how that accumulates over time. But again, wanted to talk about it here. Uh, quickly. We didn't talk about these either. We'll just rush through these before we get to Drake. Uh, the blackout cancer game is on February 10th against Illinois State. So always look forward to that game. Just in general, of like these big dates, I'm sure people saw it. And then they're honoring Mike Reese, the goat, a, a, a month earlier. Sometime, it's see here. That's that's in about six days when we host Bradley in that second uh, home game back, honoring Mike Reese in some way. We'll be interested to see how that happens. So some notable games here coming up. But Noah, let's dive into this game that's on ESPN two on Saturday. You won't be able to to make it. You'll be out of town, but. You know, they're preaching this. They talked to X after this next game or after this last game last night, and they had a snippet of X talking about people need to show up and support this team and everything we already know. But knowing especially, you know, even if they would have lost last night, let's say, they're still Drake, even if they weren't the same team. But, no, they proved like, you know, last night against Indiana State. It's like Indiana State had to lose at some point. So it's like, yeah, you, you beat them at home. But we know how good Drake still is, and Tucker almost has 30. It shows what kind of player he is. But they have a lot of new players that make us thin. Like, clearly, they're not the same team. They have guys we're still familiar with. And, of course, they're ever so hard because they have a top coach in the league. Let's dive into the – I say new Drake Bulldogs because they – of what they've been over the last however long. But let's dive into them. 
Yeah, obviously, um, third third leading scoring team in the conference, averaging seventy nine points a game. They allow sixty nine a game, so um, they have the third third highest scoring margin in the conference as well at nine point nine. We're we're right in front of them at eleven point three, so we're second in the conference in scoring margin. But like you said, a lot of new faces. Um, to go with Tucker DeVries, who's averaging, like you said, 19 and a half points a game. He's second in the conference and scoring behind X. Uh, other guys that are back for them, obviously we, everybody knows Darnell Brody, 11 points a game and is leader, leading, leading rebounder in the conference with eight a game, so 11 and eight for him. Connor Enright's back. He's been starting for them. Um, he's averaging right around seven points a game, so – He's going to be all over X, I guarantee it. Um, he'll get that kind of matchup. Uh, he did a nice job in the last couple of games taking taking some pretty good guards and minimizing their opportunities. Uh, Nate Ferguson plays a role off the bench. Then all the new guys. It's it's Anton Wright, um, a guy that scores 15 a game. He's a really good really good point guard um, that came from Cal Cal State Northridge. Uh, 6-1, other guys, and Kevin Overton, a fr- one of the going to be on the freshman, maybe freshman of the year, 13 a game for him. He's a smooth lefty. That's a really good player. Colby Garland's another younger guy, another freshman, um, pretty good guard. Then Kyron Gibson is a, is a I forget which Texas school he came from. Uh, UT Arlington, another guard that's a backup, plays a little bit. Then Carlos Rosario, another guy I thought, was going to come in and be a decent factor for them, uh, six seven forward from Washington State, but he's just not not impressive at all so far. So they really, I mean, they have some depth, but it's not as good as our depth. So if we can take take care of it, take care of home court, because um, they're going to come on the road and they just coming off a big win against Indiana State. They lost the game before that on the road at Belmont. So. Um, if we can take care of business at home, that'd be they're one and two on the road, so they're nine and zero at home. So one and two on the road, we can take care of business while they're on the road and get a big win. This is both teams are one of the was it four teams tied for top of the league in first place. So this is could be a game that matters in the end. Yeah, as you said right there, something we. There are five teams at four and one on top of the league. One, three, and two. That's the Red Hot Braves. And then Illinois State, you and I, two and three. And then we have three, one, and fours. Missouri State's down there with the bottom feeders of Evansville, UIC. And then you got Valpo at 0 and five. But yeah, the, this, the continuous fights for those top four spots with five teams. And again, whether we would have expected us to be up doing this kind of thing at this point of the season or even Murray State's of the world. And, you know, some of the other teams on here, I guess Bradley, we expected they're right behind it, but it's like it's just again the the parody in this league is, is so much fun and it shows how you know if you not only take care of your home games but just play hard and know if you're good you know know that you're a good te- good team too and find ways to win that you'll be right up there consistently and where we expect to be and where we know where our team expects to be but uh it's just so crazy knowing how I guess we said last year that's kind of the conversations again when people talking about with Marcus and Lance is the fact that how can they, uh, uh, you know, how are we not good with what X is doing now and what they were doing last year, but it's different. We had a good season. We get to a point we wanted to in our conference tournament, and we ran into a buzzsaw, and that's what Drake was last year, arguably the best team they've ever had. 
They should have beat Miami, who got to the Final Four. I mean, they're just so different. Sturts is on staff, so no wonder why they can still find ways because he's still preaching in their ear and whatever he's doing. Roman Penn's gone. DJ Wilkins is gone. All these guys, but they still have Tucker and they still have Brody who find ways to – I mean, Brody's averaging 11 and 8. Tucker, yeah, that's 20. He's averaging six rebounds. He's also got four assists. He's doing a lot more. He's got a lot more on his plate. Overton's great. Ant and Wright can score. They're still really, really solid. And, again, they do have depth, but we do have an advantage there. I agree with you. And we, AJ, since AJ is back in the starting lineup, expect him on Tucker. Uh, no, I think this is – I'm going to pick X for player – for dog of the game because – if he can go toe-to-toe with Tucker and keep proving why he's the standard of this league and the leading runner for all of this and winning, um, he's got to play well because you're right. And right, I think he can, he can take care of at Anton Wright defensively and if he's Garden X, but Enright will make it tougher on him. Uh, but a lot of things can factor in. Again, ESPN2 game, it's going to be it's going to be so much fun. No, your overall final thoughts? Yeah, this is one – I'm not exactly sure what matchups are going to be because especially with – Troy rolling at ankle, or I, I think Overton may be a little bit too quick for him. So maybe that's where he guards Troy. I have no idea, but um, they start those two guys. I guess Overton, I guess Tucker's more of the four for them at six, seven. So maybe that is Troy, but dog of the game for me, I'm going to go with Clarence Rupert. He's been just to put it piss poor through conference play so far and he's got to be better and he's got the leading rebounder and just a bruiser coming in and if he's not ready Darnell's going to get whatever he wants and it could get ugly if he doesn't play well because I mean with Jarrett Jarrett can't guard Darnell so Jarrett's not going to I'd hate for Jarrett and Scotty we try to limit his minutes as much as we can because he'll just be over aggressive on a guy a bruiser like Brody so uh, Cler- Clarence, you just got to man up and be better because we know what's in you. You just got to get get whatever head case you got going and just play good basketball because we're going to need you, you and X to help lead this charge. So um, if I were to pick around a spread or something, uh, I think I, I would say they'd be slight favorites on the road. I'm around two and a half, maybe, maybe even be a pick them because uh, I, think, I think they were like five and a half on the road at Belmont and I think their last road game they were 14 and a half on the road at Valpro we are 10 and a half so I think the metrics will favor them a little bit on the road like two and a half maybe down to one and a half or pick them so um, somewhere around there um, going to be a big game pizza for the dog pound hopefully students come back a little early and yeah like I said I'll be in Lawrence Can- Kansas watching Porter Moser lose so that's always fun watching him lose in person so uh, hopefully you guys can bring home a W all that you attend. Yeah, and I, I would have definitely expected a a pick as well just because of where both teams are headed. But as you said there, they've been favorites on the road a lot. So I could see that two and a half, and we've been predicting pretty well. So I, I'll, I'll stick with you on that if they are slight favorites going into uh, Saturday night. Even the, the matchup predictor on ESPN has us winning 66%. So it's kind of crazy, but uh, – just this should be a massive win looking ahead. And, you know, Bradley team is also not the same. They they're hot, but it's like win your home game. That's what we've been preaching all year for this specific team. And they've been doing it for the most part. We know that one slip up they had, but the games mean more and more now. So hopefully they can get it done in that game. I forgot Tucker starts at the four. So we'll see what the dogs have in them in a couple nights, Saturday night. Hopefully it is packed nationally broadcasted game. It's exciting. We'll see if the dogs definitely have it in them. So for Nick Malone.
No alerts. See you sometime early next week. Go Ducks.